1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash/host.
2: This summer has been the best summer since 2009. (laughs)
0: Good evening everybody, it's me Dov, I'm back after a summer of fun and to help me look at the the, the forthcoming season and particularly what's been happening at Inter, I've got Nima from Sempre Inter, back again, Nima how are you? I'm good. It's
2: good to be back. It feels the time flies. It feels like it was only yesterday we were doing this preview for the previous season. Exactly. Exactly.
0: I see, I see if, I, if I was prepared I would go back and have a listen to that and see what we said then <laughs> and see how, how depressed or optimistic you were. Um, but this season after the summer, try get the Champions League on that final day. It's it's kind of made the summer Crazy, because this isn't the Inter we don't love that has random players. They've actually been very um, astute, I think, in their signings, getting Nainggolan in, Verschaliko in, De Vrij in, Asamoa in, possibly a midfielder coming in, wink-wink, nudge-nudge. You must be over the moon with what's happened.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm very over the moon. Um, I'm incredibly happy. It's... Um... Um, I I can't remember exactly. I was I wasn't listening to that episode either to prepare for this. <laughs> uh, but I think if I remember correctly, I was I, I did say that top four is Inter's goal, and it is last season was the most important uh, season for Inter in their modern age in the sense of having to finish uh, in the top four mm-hmm. um, because uh, none of this that we've seen this summer would have been possible without having finished in the top four. Uh, maybe Asamoa and, and uh, De Frey would have been. Would have been done, but that's about, you know, Politano, Keita, all these other players, um, that Inter and Modric would have been completely out of the question. Mm-hmm. So um, no, it's it's um, it's it's a very it's been a fantastic summer. Inters I mean in only two years, you know, people people who criticize Suning, um, I've always been very critical of people who criticize Suning, uh, that they don't they haven't done anything because it's absolute nonsense. It's a Fortune 500 company that have completely in less than t- two years Turned this club's financial structure completely around. Like we can't even well, begin the, the, that, to that's describe one thing that. I can,
0: that's one thing I kind of want to get. I wanted to get into a little bit about you because obviously a lot of people read about Inter having problems with the UFI and FFP. But what what is what is going on? What's, what has been the issue that over the last couple of years that Sunning have fixed?
2: Well, basically, uh, what, what, the entire system that Italian football clubs have been run on. The um, Berlusconi at Milan, the Moratti at Inter, all all these clubs have been that the clubs don't make any money. Whatever whatever the clubs go into the red, the owner covers. Now, UEFA came and said, no, you can't do that. Clubs have to be solvent, they have to make their own money. Um, So when Inter were, you know, started, you know, when they introduced this and Inter, it was pretty evident that Inter were not going to meet the demands of financial fair play. uh, then they they signed a settlement agreement uh, through through the couple of years where they s- agreed to following certain rules and certain penalties in order to balance the books. And sooning have in less than two years not only balanced the books but they've also managed to turn a profit, um, which is something that Inter has never done in their history before. I think I
0: remember about two years ago. I was looking, I was like, I got the like, got Gazette and I had all the financials of all the teams that like, Inter the hell they're about minus 180 million, hundred and eighty odd million, like much more than any other Serie A team. So to kind of fix that in such a short period of time is amazing.
2: It's truly amazing, and the way they've done that is um, they've changed. You know, they they brought in, they've increased the club's revenue. They've uh, they've brought in so many new sponsors and partners in Asia, especially in China, uh, in the Chinese market, um, and. You know, not only they, they've set a, a financial structure and they've put a budget there that they've been bone hard in keeping. They've not compromised on that at all. Much to the, you know, in the Janu- during the transfer window, much to the to the to the annoyance of Inter fans and above all Walter Sabatini, uh, who which subsequently, who subsequently left Inter because he wasn't allowed to do what he thought he was given a mandate to do. Um, and and what has happened is that well, when when you know they they the Chinese companies follow their budget no matter what, which means that if they have given you a budget to spend a certain amount, then if they've given you a budget, they that, that it, bo- it works both ways. Meaning that if you've got money, you can spend it, and if you don't have money, you cannot spend it. This summer, Osilios, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean Osilios being given given. You know, he's been given a budget and he's been able to work wonders because he is one of the best sporting directors in Italy, I think.
0: Mm. Well, obviously, because of this, this, this kind of turnaround in the financial situation in the club, they've managed to bring in, like like mentioned before, brought in Nangalan from Roma, they've brought in Michelico Politano, uh, and, and paid significant amounts of money. Uh, Lautaro Martinez, who we'll talk about uh, in a, in a, uh, later on in the podcast. I mean, of these signings, I mean who are you kind of most excited about who do, who do you think will be the, the kind of star for Inter and do you think they maybe need to add something else as well
2: I think um, with the arrival of Keita Baldea um, I think the most important thing now is to is to sell players uh, João jo Mario and uh, Candreva who Candreva is a player who I really like I think he's been so unlucky at Inter because I think the quality's there I think it's a mental block for him more than anything because um, and it's it's, it's it's quite a shame because he was phenomenal at Lazio uh, and even before that at Udinese but yeah, I think those are the two players that are going to leave I mean, this is a summer where Auxilio managed to send Davide Santon and a bit of cash to get Raja Nainggolan I mean, that's the kind of summer <laughs> that fans have had <laughs> you know, it's, it's, usually,
0: it's usually the other way around
2: that, it's, that's exa- it's exactly, it's Icardi for a bag of peanuts and a banana but it's like <laughs> This time it's literally been the other way around and it's, it's been phenomenal. And then you've got, you know, I- Icardi didn't leave the club. Uh, there's talk of, you know, now they're talking of extending his contract. There's talk of extending Spalletti's contract. There's stability at the club. And that's something that Suning have brought in, financial and structural stability in two years. And that is something that Inter has never had in their history, to be perfectly honest. Not, not like this maybe a couple of years under Facchetti before he tragically passed away because he laid the foundations for the 2010 triple winning season. But aside from that, it's been it's been very chaotic. And now this club is actually run by professionals, um, by by business people. I mean, as I said, Suning is one of the 500 richest companies in the world. You don't become one of the 500 richest companies in the world by not knowing what the <laughs> hell you're doing. You know? <laughs> and, and, and I mean, the sponsorship deals they brought in, none of this is... The uh, Qatari Airways inflated, you know, sponsorship deals. But this is actual business deals. These are actual sponsorship deals with Chinese companies and partnerships to raise awareness and 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 which will bring in revenue for both for for, for everyone involved. And, and that is that's brand building. And at the same time, they've <clears throat> and this is not just bringing in sponsors, sponsorship deals. This is also how they've raised and professionalized. Um, Inter's presence on social media, uh, the, the the launch of Inter TV, the the way they use social media, the way they use media as a whole to to access fans and and become more marketable towards fans. It's it's truly remarkable, and all of this is, you know, Inter Media House, the launch of that. Um, this this is truly truly remarkable, and this is something that sooning have have definitely been, been, been one of the architects behind.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so I have talking to you a bit about Spalletti there. You kind of mentioned that the club's stable. Obviously, last season at times, like I, I quite like Spalletti because he doesn't pull any punches. If he's annoyed at a player, it just stays right. Yeah, he was crap. He, we need to work harder. There's something wrong in their heads. Blah, blah, blah. It doesn't kind of skirt around the issue, which I quite like. So, I mean, kind of what, what are your kind of once so what are you hoping for from him going into his second season at the club
2: well it's exactly that um Luciano Spalletti you know before he came to the club I think I told you this last year as well is that I was really skeptical because I found him to be when when things aren't going well I found him to be quite a cranky negative person and and that is quite that could be very toxic at a, at an environment at Inter however since he's come to Inter He's, um, he's, he's politically, football politically, played his cards mm. completely correctly. He, you know, Inter is a very fragmented club. There are so many fractions within the club going in so many different directions. What Spalletti has done is he's united everyone at the club. And the last coach, and to be honest, the only coach to have done that in modern times was Jose Mourinho. Inter is, a, is not like is not a club like Juventus or a club like Liverpool where everyone pulls in the same direction no matter what. Inter is a club that is very fragmented and you have a lot of wills and, and people pulling in different directions I and mean, you have to have someone who is is politically astute and knows what he's doing and you know doesn't make big blunders um, that can come back and haunt him. And Spalletti has not done that. He's played so far to this day. Knock on wood, he's not made a single mistake. Yeah, in terms, you know, in that from that aspect, um, but how do how do
0: you see him tactically? Because he got I got well, some criticism last year tactically for kind of sticking with the same system no matter what.
2: Well, I, I see. I don't. I don't. I don't blame him for that because he literally had twelve players to choose from that were that were of the same quality. The rest <laughs> there was such a huge drop off, so he really didn't have any choice. But I mean, if you look at what he did, like step by step, I mean, if you look at the way players developed, I mean. And the way he played his cards right with Brozovic, who was on his way out, he was literally sitting in a taxi on his way to Malpensa Airport to be flown to Sevilla. Spalletti stopped that and brought him back into the team. And we're talking about one of the best deep-lying, uh, you know, double, uh, midfielders in Europe right now, if not the world. I mean, look at what yeah, happened in the got World to, Cup. I've got, to he say was... he got to the World Cup final. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, he was he was phenomenal. I mean, he he ran twice as much as anyone else in the World Cup semi-final. I mean. And not just that—he's—he's he's been phenomenal, Brozovic, and that is Paletti. Nobody could bring that out of Brozovic except Paletti. It's the same thing with the fullbacks. I mean, Santon before making, before being Santon, looked like an actual good fullback. That's Paletti. Um, you know, the way he got Caramo to develop, the way he's gotten—you know—he—he he, he develops players. He gets the best out of all the players, and he gets them to raise a level, raise themselves a level, and that's. That's that, that's Paletti. That that's his. That's how good he is. Um, so tactically, if he was criticised last season, fair enough. But this season, you know, this summer, he's got he's pretty much. He's got the tools yeah. to actually do what he wants. And you're an Inter in the Champions League as well, which is you know, which is going to put a lot of pressure on the well, on, on the we'll come, on the we'll squad. Come,
0: I want to come to that. We'll come to that later on.
2: So no, I think he's. I think I think tactically, you know, he's very clear of what he wants to do. He wants to play his 2-3-1 but to be honest, he couldn't play the four-two-three-one he wanted to do last season because he doesn't have the tools. Now he can, mm-hmm. because now he can choose between playing three-four-one-two. He, he can play with a back three if he wants to, and Inter kind of did that last season with D'Ambrosio going in centrally when João Cancelo was was, was 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 gallivanting down the right hand side. Now you know he can do he can do kind of similarly to that. He can also um, play. What he really, really liked doing, but was unable to fully implement because of the the players didn't suit that system. And it's that midfield three. Now he has Brozovic, Naingolan, and maybe even Modric, which means that he, you know he likes to have the midfield central three move, you know, interchange positions a lot and switch, you know, and, and into you know and switch switch around a lot and and move move around um, to confuse is to break the lines and to confuse the opponents. He did that last season with Gagliadini, Vecino and Brozovic, or Borja Valero. This season, he actually has the players that are really, really adapted well to that system. Um, so, uh, I, think, I think tactically, this is more of a Spalletti team than ever before.
0: Do you, think, do you think that they still need to bring in another midfielder? Because obviously they went for Vidal, that didn't work. The Modric thing is interesting because I know for a fact he wants to leave Real Madrid, which you probably know as well. His oh, to, yeah. told oh, yeah. he's told Perez he wants to leave, but the problem is whether or not he'll be allowed to leave. This is the issue. So do you think that Inter, even with the likes of Galan coming in, they still need somebody else?
2: Absolutely. Um, the reason why... I mean, Vidal... Vidal is a very interesting situation because Inter sorted out the deal for him. However, it's, it was Spalletti who kind of decided he didn't want him. Um, because he felt that Nangolan and him were too similar, and I can see, I can understand that very much, um, and and uh, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, the only thing that was a little bit confused about is why even go for him if you know that it, was, it can hardly be a, it can hardly be a surprise of who afterwards so,
0: so they so got halfway through the deal. They said, like, "Wait a minute, they're the same player." <laughs> now do you know what I mean. That.
2: Like, that that can hardly have been a surprise. So I find that a little bit strange M- but maybe, this is maybe the problem this... yeah, wait, I've got a
0: theory about right because Vidal likes a drink and Nyangolan <laughs> likes to smoke too much right well, you think having, mean, having them in the same team's like no this
2: is going to be a bad it's going to be like a <laughs> six like, it's going to be like a high school like a lads <laughs> it's, lads, it's like a lad's, lad's, lad's
0: dresser every time they go to away was like come on lads we're going to I mean
2: the inter would have turned basically into like uh the, the end of year of, you know, year nine in, in some, you know, going off to a lads holiday in Mali or Ibiza, you know what I mean? Like, it would, it would pretty much turn into that. Um, <laughs> but no, no, I mean, to be serious, I don't think, um, I think, I think that, that the only thing I found it strange was just that fact of it. Um, but um, I, think, I think there was a, I mean, this is still, into, you know, weird stuff is still going to happen. And if they can keep it at that level, I've got no problem. Because all of a sudden, Inter were kind of saying, asking Vidal to wait because they wanted to get Modric, mm-hmm. and and that, that those are very um, comfortable problems to be in. Mm, um, so 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 sure, it wasn't handled in the best way possible, maybe, but it's still it's still miles better than it's ever been. But to answer your question, yes, I think Inter do need um, another midfielder, and I think Modric is exactly the guy the kind of midfielder that they need. Um, and with Kovacic having gone to Chelsea, which is a player I've always loved and would love to have come back to Italy and, and, and play at Inter under Spalletti, especially Spalletti, um, but that's, that's never going to happen. It seems like he had his heart set on Premier League. Um, so, um, no, I, I think Modric... I, I don't see Inter signing another midfield central midfielder, um, unless, unless it's not I mean, unless it's, I mean, sure, if they, if they were to, if, if Lotito were to accept the intermodule of loan plus option to buy, which I find completely ridiculous and ludicrous, I, don't, I can't imagine him doing that ever, and those reports, I just don't believe them, because it's, it, I, I just can't see that happening. Um, it would be it would be completely inconsistent with everything that Lotito has ever done at Lazio. He wants to get paid today. Hmm. None of this layaway nonsense. He wants to get paid today.
0: Well, I think I think so... the deal was it. The deal floating around I'm not at least to Milan
2: was forty million loan, eighty million. Obligations. I mean, there is no—it's no, not even an obligation. It's a right. It's yeah. a loan option, and that's just never going to happen. There is no way on earth that Lotita would take that risk of sending out a player for 40 million euros and then not being yeah. able to he'd, count. He'd, he'd want
0: the obligation. He'd, he'd want the
2: obligation exactly. I mean, there's just there's no way he would do that. And 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 besides, with Milan's situation, they can't like Inter afford a forced option to buy. So that I don't, mm. I you know. I, I don't believe that story for one second. Right. Well, um, right well, so um, let's move no, I mean, on. Then.
0: I want to move on yeah. to a player who you do have because mm. uh, I don't know if you watched Atleti versus Inter uh, uh, the other day. <laughs> Lautaro
2: Martinez scored 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 the goal. What was scored, that? Scored a, scored what, was that? <laughs> what was that? I've never seen a human being bend like that. I mean, what <laughs> what the hell was that? Where did that come from?
0: Exactly. So what? Uh, well, after that, people have started to get a bit excited because beforehand you had a few like. A bit of criticism—not criticism, but just kind of doubts overall. Is this another Gabby goal They spent all this money. Is he good? Blah blah blah. But after that, people are like, kind of sat up and took notice a little bit. So, obviously, Nima, I, I don't suppose you watch Italian times Argentinian football every week, but no. you've probably done your homework on the on the guy more than most. So, who is Ever. he? Is he good? Is he the new Gabby goal or is he better than that? Because he's number ten. This is so.
2: um, this is a, this is the new uh, this is a DiBala. This is a DiBala mm. kind of player. Um, I remember first finding out about him and then starting, you know, g- given the fact that he's came up through the ranks of the club where Diego Milito is the sporting director. Mm-hmm. I knew that Inter were always going to have the first dibs on him. And Zanetti and Diego Milito, mm-hmm. they were not involved in the Gabigol deal, so to speak. Yeah. So um, they they had nothing to do with that. It was basically agent Kirakia Jurabshian who, who pulled one over <laughs> Suning. I mean, <laughs> you know, both of those signings, João Mario and this one. So no we all know what that was about that was that was that was that was soon getting into the you know getting you know getting warmed and, up
0: into the murky world of Eden, Yeah so.
2: exactly exactly no but basically um, well we, for me Lautaro Martinez I mean I started watching him and this this is a he is a number 10 I mean I've I've always been worried since Totti and Cassano and these players that the fantasista the classic number mm-hmm. 10 is dying Oh. Lautaro Martinez, for me, is the classic number 10. Paulo Dybala is the kind of classic number 10. Mm-hmm. And I've missed, you know, I like these kinds well, of Well,
0: those players. are the players that everybody watches, they love to watch, they don't care who they play for. Yeah, You watch exactly. them because they're fantastic.
2: Exactly. It's, 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 uh, it's exactly that. And, and Lautaro, I mean, the first time I watched him, he was a, he played a little bit further up the pitch uh, for Racing. Um, but now at Inter with Icardi, it's, uh, this, this guy can do anything, I mean he can literally pull the rabbit out of the hat, as you saw against Atletico <laughs> Madrid, and you can see, you know, he he's so well, he's so fit physically, he's so he, and he's got a good head on his shoulder as well he's not happy, he just wants to improve and he's calm, he's mm. cool he's collected, he's very he's, he's kind of laid back, he doesn't like the spotlight too much, um, but he's bloody good, I mean he's so bloody good, and and I, and I also like to see how, how Spalletti is treating him. I mean, he scored that wonder goal. And Spalletti goes out in the media and says, look, you know, you guys only care about the goals, but I, have to, I look at everything. Um, he has to improve his passing. Mm-hmm. He can't just, you know, he has to help out in defence. This is a team sport. No one individual makes the team. Uh, makes a whole team and, and that is just that is brilliant because he just doesn't want him to float off into the atmosphere for having scored a wonder goal against Atletico Madrid and a
0: friend and didn't think he's the best in a ever. <laughs>
2: exactly and and also Spalletti is is a you know he wants his teams to rigorously form un, you know f- fall under the system and respect the system um, and given that he has the respect of the entire team Icardi loves him ev- everyone loves him the important players love him and Icardi has taken Lautaro under his wing. I think there won't be a problem there at all. I think um, Lautaro will develop and listen and become a better player under Spalletti. Um, uh, and as Spalletti has used this tactic last season, when he when he was very 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 open about what he expected from Icardi, uh, who absolutely loves him, but he was clear about that, saying that if Icardi plays like this every day, I know he didn't like playing like this uh, today. But if he plays like this every day, he will be the best striker in the world. Um, when, he, when he goes out and says Brozovic against Napoli didn't, wasn't good enough and he was not happy, what happens? Brozovic goes out and turns into one of the best central midfielders in the world. Like, he seems to have this connection with his players. That he can give send them the right signal, mm-hmm. and give them give them you know a little bit of stick to get them going, and they want and they want to perform for him. That's the most important thing. They want to win for this manager, and that's something that we've been to, you know, Mancini failed. Mazzarri just alienated everything and everyone at Inter. Um, Mancini failed to create this feeling. Um, Stramaccioni was a little bit too. Friendly and almost let the players because it's a balance as well. you can't let the players dominate and decide everything, so was barely a coach, so you know that it was a it was a little bit more like a like a art center teacher more than anything you know <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and and then you have um uh, and then and then you know all the other coaches that pioli did all right but never really had the respect of the players so Spalletti is the first coach since Mourinho and Leonardo that the players actually like they actually like listening to him they actually Mm. like what he's doing Um, they want to perform for him they burn for him I mean Icardi said it best last year when he said Spalletti brings out something in me that I didn't even know I had Mm. and that's the kind of coach you want the contes of the world the yeah, you know the, those kinds of play, the the, the sarries you know these these that you know get the best out of their play allegri is another example um so i think um Post your free job on
1: linkedin.com people today.
2: That's what I'm mostly excited about, is to see this new Inter under Spalletti and see how he can get the best out of Lautaro Martinez once he's settled in.
0: Right, so that brings us nicely on to what, what, what are we expecting then for the season? Because we did a few predictions at first Italian football and pretty much everybody had Inter second and a couple had Inter first. For no, missing. no. So, I'll, yeah, I, I don't I think first is a bit of a stretch. But what, what are you expecting? Like, what, do, what do you think Spalletti told the players that he wants? Does he want a Scudetto challenge? Do you want to kind of go deep in the Champions League, or is it kind of like we'll just try our best and everything and see what happens at the end where we are come February? Or like, what do you think are you thinking of his goals? Or do you think it's just going to be getting fourth place again and that's it?
2: No, I think uh, what he's looking for is improvement. Um, that means that. Top three. Um, what he's what he's looking for is, is one place better than last year, to improve on the points tally, to improve on the goal score, to to you know not concede to concede even less, uh-huh. to go further in the Coppa Italia, to maybe a semi final, final, and to get past the Champions League group stage. And That is the goal, and and that is that is the um, that is a reasonable goal as well because. This is a team that's never even been. This is a club and team that's never even been in the, been close to these things for almost a decade. Mm -hmm. Inter are playing in the Champions League for the first time in seven years, and they need to be careful so as not to risk doing what Liverpool and Arsenal and Chelsea have been doing these couple of few years, where they one year in the Champions League, the next year they're out, Mm -hmm. because Inter can't afford that. Inter don't get the TV rights money that the Premier League teams get. Um, so they, they just simply cannot afford to to, to, to leave the champ- to, to miss the Champions League. So I think the league will be a priority, um, and the Champions League will obviously be as well. So I think no I think basically it's it 's trying to go into every game like like he did last season when he began the season, basically try to gather and, 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 and bunker as many points as possible in the early stages so that when when you' playing three times a week. In the Champions League and try to you know secure qualification as soon as possible, um, to to have that out of the way, so that they can you know they can start you know managing their resources and manpower further on the season when when the players are getting tired.
0: There you go, improvement. I think I, I think as well. I think that's a a good way to for him to kind of look at it because if you start heaping on you have to go for the Scudetto, or one not it affects the players' heads when they maybe start to fall away a little bit and it could neg- negatively impact how the players But work. I mean, it's
2: like, it depends on who your players are. I mean, if you've got a squad uh, like Juventus, whether who's cha- won the league won the, <laughs> the, the Coppa Italia... TV, well, come on, Juve Juve. <laughs> oh,
1: don't, <laughs> do
2: No, but I mean, that's a team that's won the Scudetto for seven, seven years in a row and the Coppa Italia and the Supercoppa and all that for the past. They, they've basically been... You know they've got you know they've they've just been cleaning the domest- Italy. Yeah, exactly.
0: They've cleaned the they've cl- they out. <laughs> they've,
2: cl- they've cleaned everything in Italy for the past seven years, and and that that then you can expect them to repeat what they've already done. You mm-hmm. can do that, but to a team that and that in the past seven years their highest position is fourth, and they've not even been close to a title, uh, let alone you know l- let alone Champions League. I mean they've not been close to anything like that. It's it's mm-hmm. just it's it's not. Um, it's, it's just simply too much to ask. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's,
0: not, it's not logical to go, right, okay, it really place, isn't. we need Scudetto now, right? Go for yeah, it, Yeah, I mean,
2: <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. And then I know you, know, you know, being a fan and supporters, you know, supporters and fans, it's part, of the, it's part of the description of the word that you have to be a little bit, you know, stupid in the sense that you don't care about logic and you just go with your emotions. But I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I can't see, you know, because when passion takes over, the brain checks out. And 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 that's fair enough. That's part of being a fan, but when but when you're you're a professional, you can't afford to think like that. And I think there's zero chance that Spalletti thinks like that. And that's that's all I care about.
0: There you go. Right. Okay. So let, let's move on quickly. And before we wrap up, just uh, the the other kind of teams. Uh, we won't spend too long on it. So obviously we kind of spoke about UV and how they've cleaned out Italy. Obviously they signed their, their big signing this summer. Obviously is Leonardo Bonucci. And then they brought some Portuguese <laughs> guy in as well. Um, yeah,
2: some some up and coming Portuguese yeah, lad. Exactly, that supposedly yeah, exactly. Supposed a lot of goals in lower leagues.
0: Yeah, supposed to be a hot prospect. So all, <laughs> he's, he's good at a step over and a chop. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, but Run, runs like a greyhound.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so obviously, UVA are favourites for the title. Um, their aim this season is clearly the Champions League. Oh,
2: without a doubt. Do without you, a
0: doubt. Do you see anybody coming close to them, or do you think that this is? A foregone conclusion that Juve pretty much wrapped up the Scudetto.
2: Juve will win the Scudetto. Um, Juve will win the Coppa Italia, and they'll win the Super Coppa Italia. There's no doubt about that. Um, because, not because of the the Bonucci and the Ronaldo signing. Cancelo, uh, right? It's Cancelo. Well, well that, I was going <laughs> to say that. I mean, look. I mean, if you look at the signings they've done, that midfield: Bentancur, Pjanic, Matuidi. Um, Chan. Son, that's a that's 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 a that's a Champions League winning midfield that is. So you've got Kedira in there as well. You still got Marquezio. You know that is a Champions League winning midfield. Um, mm-hmm. That gives them options to compete on all fronts. And then you have Cancelo and Alexandro, who, who who you need to have good fullbacks on either side. They've got that. Mm-hmm. They've got up front. They've got all the options in the world uh, with Ronaldo in the number nine role or Mandzukic, who you know who always delivers. Um, Dubai line, the number 10, Fantasista. I mean, they, they you know. They've, got, they've got an
0: embarrassment of riches They've got too I mean, they many really good
2: They really do. They really do. And, and I, I, don't, I don't see anyone. They can rotate as well. They don't have mm-hmm. to play their best players because they've literally got 22, 23 players who are of, of, of the same quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's really impressive. Um, so I don't think anyone comes close to them. Um, what about the other teams? Milan. Oh, oh, Milan? I've been quite impressed with their summer
0: dealings. To be honest, I've it got looked like at the, the start you. of the summer it was going to be an absolute shit show, and the fans should do something.
2: I think Leonardo, be, Milan fans, should be so proud of Leonardo that because I mean, think of yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> think never think about the situation that occurred with that with that Charlotte and Yong Hong Lee being finally exposed <laughs> as for the charlatan he is that some of us oh. have been saying all along. But everyone, some people think that just because you know, you, just because I support Inter, I, I automatically want Milan to do bad, which is absolutely not true. I, I want the city. A. it's better for Inter when Milan are good because it raises the quality and the money and the mm-hmm. investment and and the and the hype around the entire league, which is good for Inter as well. Um, so no, I I, I was against Yong Hong Lee because he was and is a fraud. It was it was it was it was a dodgy deal from the get go, mm-hmm. um, and it turned out to be right now. Now they've got, I mean, the way Leonardo, I mean, I think the Caldara-Higuain thing is simply phenomenal. Yeah, I, um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, not, it's not often for you see Juve and you're like, well, but <laughs> Juve have been done there. But they've, been they've been done. done. There. They've
2: <laughs> really been done. I mean, sure, Milan are paying a fortune for Higuain, but... The Caldara and Romagnoli um, and then you've got um, Conte and Calabria, Conte, Rodriguez, Calabria and Rodriguez, Donnarumma. That might be Italy's starting lineup for like defence, mm-hmm. defensive lineup. I mean, from goal to uh, the back four for the next decade, and that is brilliant because mm-hmm. romagnoli has been good, Caldara's been really good. If he can, if he can have that. Uh, if he can, if he can develop the same way Romagnoli has, and, and move together. into the back
0: four as well, because he's been in a back exactly. three the last couple of years, so yeah, exactly.
2: Sort of that, um, so no, I, I think that's. Uh, I, I I think that was a brilliant deal um, uh, for for Milan. I mean, Christmas came twice in July this year. I mean, it was <laughs> it was brilliant, and they've they've needed to have that number nine striker. Kalinic, I was gonna say, say Cal- Kalinic is, <laughs> this is not
0: I mean, how they managed to I, even let him go, how they managed to get a team to take him as well. I'll never know,
2: not just uh, any team, <laughs> atletico We're talking atletico Madrid. But then again, I, I can understand that signing because Kalinic, I think Simeone, like, can that, that type of player is a player that, that, that he wants, he likes, I mean, he likes having a big. Strong number nine like Diego Costa. Now obviously, Kalinic is nowhere near as good as him. But I think if there's anything Simeone has proven is that he can get the best out of all players, and I think he will. Kalinic will probably do a really good job there.
0: Napoli and Roma. Obviously, Napoli changed coach, got rid of Sari, brought in Ancelotti. I thought that was a step off, We'll be perfectly honest. But if, so am I. It I agree. Yeah, but the thing is, it doesn't. It seems like Ancelotti's got a lot of work to do. At Napoli. It doesn't seem like they have kind of moved forward in any way. But obviously, I've only seen them in preseason, um, but it just seems a bit like kind of like they've went a bit backwards. I don't know what what are your thoughts on Napoli.
2: Um, losing Jorginho, who's one of the best central midfielders in the world, if you ask me, and not really replacing him is a is is a, is a is a step backwards. Uh, however, Ancelotti. Um, I trust Ancelotti um, and uh, Ancelotti I think I, I don't think he would have sanctioned that deal if he wasn't happy mm-hmm. Ancelotti is you know he knows he's big and he can take any job in the world he's taken He's every, won. every job I mean there is no job in the world that is too big for him because he's been mm-hmm. at the biggest clubs and he's won with the biggest clubs so he mm-hmm. so he's a this is a world club he's one of the you know one of the few world super super managers uh, super super coaches in the world and he he wouldn't he wouldn't come to Napoli just to settle. He wants to win, mm. um, and I think he will build on what Sarri did. But they will be far more pragmatic and far more Ancelotti uh, than than they've ever been. And I think that playing in the Champions League and the league will not be a problem uh, for them uh, at all. I think he will be able to to um, guide them successfully to a top three finish. Um, and take them pretty far in the Champions League. That, that that that's the thing. I have no idea how far Napoli can go in the Champions League. They they might they could go and win it if they have a good like you know if what they, I mean. If, if they get go, a good
0: draw and have a couple they of get really a good, good draw, games, then yeah, exactly. They and and when they,
2: yeah, they really can, and especially at home. And when they. When they have that, you know, when they have that tactical coolness of Ancelotti and the passion and, and, and you know the positive vibe around that team, mm-hmm. they can go as they can go as far as possible. You know, that. that, that's, that it's a cup game, and, and cup games are decided by you know details. So I, I expect Napoli to finish top three. Mm-hmm. I expect I expect them to challenge for the Serie a title next year, mm-hmm. not this year.
0: Right, and finally Roma. They've brought in a, a million players. Um, obviously sold Nine Galan who they're arguably their best player um, certainly best midfielder um, but they've got the likes of Cristante Pastore's come in Justin Clyvers there so they've, they've kind of they've strengthened in a almost I want to say not underhand isn't the right word but kind of under the radar way where they've got really good promising players or players that have got something to prove at a higher level as well so I mean I'm I'm more optimistic for, for
2: Roma than I am Napoli. I'm really optimistic for uh, for Roma because this is more of a Di Francesco team than ever before. Um, this, I mean, Pastore has played you know, can play to the left. He can play as a number ten. Uh, he can play, you know, he he pa- Javier Pastore is, is a personal favorite of mine, and I wish he would have come to Inter, but <laughs> things didn't work out that way. Uh, but no, I think I think Pastore is a phenomenal signing. I think Pellegrini and Cristante in midfield is very very interesting midfield I'm really interested to see what happens there. Uh, Justin Clivert really exciting prospect no I think Roma have done an excellent mercato I mean selling a 30 year old the way they did is not and also it's you know and a 30 year old that hasn't really gotten really along with the coach mm. he loved the club and this team but he was he was not getting along with Di Francesco they really didn't have yeah. a good feeling. Um, so no, I think um, I think that was they had to do that. I think this year we've got the top four are are clearly ahead of those behind them, hmm. um, and and you have a fifth, sixth team in Lazio and Milan. Who I think are clearly better than the ones bit under them. Mm-hmm. I think we're going back to the days of when the Serie A was at its best, where you had a clear, you had the, you like had the them, top like,
0: seven. The seven sisters who are better than every other team, and exactly, and then the even within close. those,
2: yeah, exactly, and then within within those seven sisters, you have four, the top four as well, who are ahead above everyone else. So I think we're we're moving towards that, um, mm-hmm. and the Serie A is exciting again it's um it's uh, it's it's you know it's being treated in the proper way now uh, i think the var i think one one of the modernizations <laughs> that they did was oh. simply brilliant oh honestly
0: no. the, 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 I, know I, I get it but honestly see when you're there and like obviously i know you are went to games with var it is the worst thing because you sit there you are like what is going on You've literally got no idea. I like how they did yeah. at the World Cup, where they put on the screen like, "Oh, it's a penalty decision that they're looking at." I think at, they're going to do that, well. that in the city yeah, as well. Yeah, the, we uh, they see need that. to do that this season because you, you'd literally be sat there in the press box trying to find a TV somewhere to see what they're looking at on the TV because you've literally got no idea what's going on. Yeah, so, the
2: communication, as always in Italy, is not the best. Well, you're being very kind. <laughs> <yeah. the> best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being diplomatic it's a new thing I'm trying this season no um, no um, no but in all honesty I think that 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 is the minimum thing but I think uh, Italy is finally you know you've got these new stadiums coming in you've got um, you know more and more teams are building new stadiums more and more teams are building you know marketing themselves um, Inter and Milan have Finally, got you know, I think b- I believe in Milan's ownership structure, but more than I've ever done. It wouldn't surprise me if the Elliot, obviously, the Elliot Foundation are, are a, are, are a head, they don't they're, they're a bank, they don't want to run Milan they, forever. They,
0: yeah, they want to get in, make some money, and get out. And yeah, solve.
2: and they will do that, but I, yeah. I think that Milan are in much more secure hands now than they've ever been, mm-hmm. uh, at least since Berlusconi left.
0: There we go, right, Nima. Before we let you go, then just tell everybody where they can find you on the social media.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm on that Twitter machine The Twitter uh, machine uh, <laughs> um, Yeah uh, At Nima T-A-V-R-O-O-D Is my personal And Semprintercom uh, Is where we Where we publish Everything interrelated It's been quite a busy summer <laughs> uh, But uh, yo Yeah no, uh, And our, our podcast Will be back Which, you, which we You yeah. know Which we host on Your yeah. Your Forza Italian Football Channel um, We're we'll coming back Next week So and we're starting a YouTube channel as well, so oh, there no, it's, we go. Uh,
0: Fantastic! Good to see your lovely face as well this
2: season. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm, not, I'm, are I'm, you I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm closer to the forty than twenty. Are I you, ha- are you handing it over to the kids? You're like, yeah. Oh, I'm handing kids it over to the, to the, the cool YouTube. kids with the t-shirts and the uh, <laughs> and, and the social media machines. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well there we go. So, uh, well there, there, you go, everybody. So Niemattarud on the Twitter, uh, Sempriintercom for Sempreinter.com on the Twitter as well, and then. Uh, we'll obviously let you know. You guys know when the podcast is out, um, as well. So look out for that, and then I'll be excited to see what this YouTube thing's all about. I'll be looking forward <laughs> to that. So there we go. A surprise yeah. for me as well. Neil, <laughs> it
2: was great being on talking with you. As yeah,
0: absolute pleasure, absolute pleasure, and uh, I'm sure we'll catch up during the season as well.
1: Yo daré la vida, la miadita, que en fondo lo so. Será una partita infinita. El
0: sueños ho, è en coro que sale a soñar, se ayuda a la noche. il segnale. Nero non
1: saremo qui. Nero surri, pazzi come te. Nero surri, non fateci soffrire. Ma va bene, vinceremo insieme. Continuero il sole en el vento La mia festa E sempre vivro Que Con questi colori Nella testa Nero zurri Yo vi seguiro Nero zurri Tempel y vidro Nero zurri Questa mia esperanza
0: Es la esencia No vivo sin